I just want to, to make a couple of comments, uh, you know, from time, I haven't done it in quite a while actually, about things which are going on today which I see as very interesting possibilities. I once mentioned, which is a very important idea, and I think that most people don't realize this, is that the redemption itself is not what you think it is, you know. You know, people say, well, somebody's going to come, he's a political figure, you know, and he's going to redeem the Jews, which means the Jews are going to be free from all types of persecution, you know, uh, and, uh, and a rise uh, in their ability to progress and prosper and all that. But the truth is, it's much greater than that. And um, what that is, is that the Mashiach is an individual who has unbelievable spiritual uh, levels. And he's not somebody that you want to meet, really. Because his spiritual level is so great, you literally can collapse. And you can maybe even die, and so on. Because the Mashiach, what he will do, and I had mentioned this quite extensively before, is he's going to introduce what's called an ore, a light, uh, an enlightenment that's far beyond people's ability to uh, handle. Certainly not today. Today, the level of contamination and pollution, what's called tumor and chatoim and sin and so on, is so great. A person would not be able to handle it, and uh, he probably can die, because what Mashiach reveals is called the Orishim, the Messianic light. And uh, in many ways, the Messianic light is what God revealed to the Jews at the giving of the Torah, at Mount Torah. And we know the Medrash tells us they all died, obviously, because who could, uh, who could uh, withstand that incredible divinity, that sublime light, uh, infinite knowledge and so on, or the divine presence that they were given. And therefore, when the Gula begins, uh, it, it has to begin uh, in a sense of being able to raise the Jewish people spiritually, all the Jews, not talking about a group of people, you know, uh, you know uh, individuals or a segment of the population. A true redemption means a, it's a redemption from evil, from ignorance. Uh, it's a redemption from sinning. Something radically has to happen. That has never happened before. It would be equal in many ways to Matan Torah, where God gave the Torah, and that we know that was like beyond belief. Uh, the mountain was filled with fire and smoke. It was, we don't even know what went on in that type of an event. But whatever it was, it was beyond comprehension, beyond anything that anybody has ever seen in an earthly way, and so on. It's even beyond supernatural. That's how incredible it was. So that also has to occur. Now, there obviously today, that's not happening at all. And uh, today we see an enormous amount of diminishment of, of either religious Jews, like I once mentioned. There are 11 million Jews that are gone, you know. And even today, how many people really learn Torah? Uh, you know, wherever it is and so on, you know. So clearly the, the, the learning of Torah and the, the desire for spirituality has been enormously reduced, you see. Almost as if it's gone. That's how little we see of it today. How many people really are driven for what's called spirituality? Ruchnius. How many people wake up in the morning and say, what can I do to grow? You know, usually it's some other form of growth.
you know, cash, property, money, you know, food, right? But how many people wake up in the morning and say, I want to grow ruchnias, right? It's almost comical when you think about that, you know? You know, I mean, that person, if you ever express that to somebody, they probably have to lock him up. Or lock him away or something like that, you know? Because he's probably crazy. That's the extent of, uh, of where ruchnias really is today. And even if it's not that way, everybody's got their own definition of spirituality, you know? Oh, what a spiritual experience. It's nonsense. I once went into that and so on, you know? Everybody's got his own definition of spirituality, which is usually a heightened physical experience. It's usually what it is, you know? But they term it spirituality. Today, we, we cannot even comprehend the darkness we live in, you know? The darkness and the attraction toward, you know, all kinds of pleasures and power and, and the ego and so on today. So a gula means, obviously, something which has enormous spiritual significance for all the Jews. And I, I see that there are at least two things going on that have tremendous possibilities of maybe beginning some, something of a process like that. One is the fall of Iran, which I had spoken about. And Iran is doing very bad. You know, they're all bragging, yeah, it's okay, the American uh, sanctions are not going to do anything to us. That's nonsense. It's killing them. You know, in fact, I was reading just an article about Iran, and it, it even said that, you know, the middle class, 50% of the middle class are no longer, that the middle class has lost 50% of their income. You believe this? 50% of the income of the middle class is lost. So obviously, are they still a middle class? You know, and we're looking at tremendous amount of uh, poverty, which is arising. And obviously, in that kind of a climate, then the mullahs, these clergy guys, you know, they're incredibly worried and they're highly unpopular. There are tremendous uprisings all over Iran. Now, that's tremendous significance because with the fall of Iran, which I had mentioned is really the war of Iran to the rest of the world is really a, pre a precursor to the Messianic era. So if Iran does fall, and it's very likely that it will collapse, which means that there could be a revolution of the people of Iran against the government and overthrow the government. And even in fact, they even talk about bringing Pahlavi's son. Pahlavi was the guy who they booted out in 79. He was like the head of the whole Iran and so on and so forth. He was very good to the Jews. He's an interesting character. He was very interesting to the Jews, although there was a lot of cruelty to this guy. He had the, his, uh, his uh, KGB, Iranian KGB. Mm. It was really very bad, you know. But in, overall, he was a good ruler, and Iran was very prosperous in his day. So they even wanted, they're talking even about bringing his son back. His name is Reza Pahlavi. And who's in the United States and so on. Obviously, he's in exile, you know. So that would be incredible. But what would really be incredible is the clipper of Poras would, would fall, which means the, the tumor or the, the, uh, the uh, Shibud, you know, the, the Malchus, the, king, the kingdom of Persia, uh, uh, which is really what Iran is, would collapse. And that would change the face of the Middle East. Could you imagine if Iran didn't exist, what the Middle East would be like? It would be incredible. That would be the main, because that's the major worry of Israel, whether it be Iran itself that threatens Israel, or whether it be Iran in, uh, what do you call it, uh, in, in uh, Syria, threatening Israel. So if they really collapsed in the sense that there was a revolution, 
that overthrow the government, that replace the government, that would be a major factor in the revival of Israel. Because then they wouldn't have to have as much money, and there would be peace, because they're the major agitators of war, you know. So that's a real possibility, you know, and we just have to wait back and say, you know, it's no longer like, ah, it's impossible, no. There's a real, in fact, the odds are that they will fall. So that's tremendously powerful for the Geula itself, because it will begin the introduction of a tremendous amount of peace for Israel. And Israel needs peace for many, many reasons, obviously. And that's what it would indicate. And it looks pretty good for that. The second thing which is interesting, I find, is the government of Israel. Is that Netanyahu, who's running, you know, is really uh, being, uh, they're really after the guy. And they've got, they obviously have evidence. You know, forget about the crimes, that the crimes are really comical when you think about that. But whatever it is, it's crimes. You know, whether we laugh at it or not, you know, so he took champagne or whatever the guy took. I mean, like, come on, give me a break. He took, he took nice Havana cigars or whatever the guy gave him, right? Or he, he bribed the, the head of the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, Bezik or whatever, in order to get more favorable. I mean, everybody does that in America, you know, you, you know of course, you know. It's really comical when you think about it. But it is, it is a crime because he did favors for the guy. That's called bribery can't do that kind of stuff, you know. And it's interesting to ask yourself, like, what does God really want? What's he doing here, you know? And when you think about it now, we don't really know what's going to happen. But again, there's a major possibility that he may fall. Because if the AG, the Attorney General of Israel, this guy Mandelblick, himself is an interesting character, you know, if he indicts him before, then it's very likely that he will not be able to run for two reasons. One is the Likud may replace him with somebody else because they don't want an indicted prime minister running as part of their party. Because then the whole question, will he win or not, is really up for debate. The second thing is that many parties, he, he will not win enough seats. You need 100, there's 120 Knesset members, right? And you need a majority to run a government. So nobody has ever won a majority, obviously. But even if they win 30 seats or 35, then he's got to ally himself with other parties that also have seats in the Knesset, and that becomes his cabinet. And there are many of these minor parties, so to speak, that have said that they will not join a government with an indicted prime minister. You see? So that's the second reason why he may not be chosen to be the head. You see? And the truth is that uh, with, with him at, on board, Jews will never do tshuva. You will never have the ruchnius, the spirituality that has to happen in Israel with this present government or any government in Israel unless the one who runs will be really religious and really encourage Haredim to do their thing and also to help other Jews if they want, no compulsion, to become spiritual or religious. You know, there is such a guy who may or may not win, be included, and that would be an overthrow. And uh, it would be incredible to, to see that. There's a guy, his name is Gideon Saar, who I think may, in certain ways, may take over, because uh, he's a religious guy, although he's modern. But he would be a, a person who would be acceptable to all Israeli segments. He's modern, he's, he's very popular. And they say if Netanyahu wasn't there, then he would probably be wonderfully could which means he would become prime minister. He seems to be a very good guy, but there's no question that as long as Netanyahu remains in the government, tshuva, spirituality, 
repentance will not happen in Israel en masse. That's the deal, you see? And if he wins, that's another four years of him. So forget about that. That's the, there's no gula with that. There could be underneath and so on, but certainly on a mass level, it would be very difficult and so on, you know. But it looks like he may be overthrown, and he's, he's very worried for obvious reasons and so on. So that's the second thing which I find interesting. The fall of Iran, which is the major enemy of Israel in the Middle East, and as we see, many, many Arab countries are now aligning themselves with Israel, you know, Saudi Arabia and other countries and so on, because of the enormous advancement of Israel, Israeli technology, and in so many different fields that they are world leaders, you know. So if you removed Iran from the equation, right, and the fact that Israel can now ally itself with many Arab countries, that would change the face of the Middle East. That would be a miracle to watch. And it may happen. Just like, what was the last miracle we saw, right? On November 9th, 1989, which by the way was Yud Aleph Cheshvan, Rochel Imenez Yotzeit, the Berlin Wall collapsed, right? And that was the end of East Berlin, you know, and, and East Germany. And then shortly, a year or two later, communism collapsed and so on. That was the major overthrow of an entire country, empire, civilization. That was miraculous. So you may begin to see that now. And that would change the face of the Middle East. What is also interesting to watch is what is happening in America. Uh, with the, uh, with, it, 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 if it wasn't so tragic, you really have to laugh at it. It's comical, but it's tragic. Trump wants a wall, and he's right. Of course you need a wall. I mean, it's elementary. I mean, like, even a school kid to tell you you need a wall. Like, you know, what are they arguing about? It's obviously that these people who are denying him the access to the wall, the money, because they don't want to give him a victory. And Trump was right. It's when he became president, because a couple of years ago, they all were saying they want a wall. They, everybody said that. It's obvious, you know. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket science to realize you need a wall, right, to keep the, to keep, uh, uh, the things out. They're obviously disagreeing with him now because it's Trump. They don't want to give him the victory. They don't want him to win in 2020, right? But you have to remember one thing, which is very dangerous. They have no idea what they're doing. And you know who I mean, the heads of the Democratic Party, right? They have no idea. What are they doing? Most people don't realize that. It's not just a wall. You have to remember one thing. <clears throat> if anybody contributes as a cause, no matter how distant he is, right? He is, in, in, in terms of somebody sinning, he is included in the punishment for that sin on that individual, you see? And God makes that reckoning, you see? If, it's, if you are in some way a contributory cause, no matter how far away, how many levels away, it doesn't make a difference. And somebody sins because of what you did, even if it's 10 degrees away, when he gets punished, you get punished. Not the same way, obviously, because it depends on how far you, you cause it and so on, you know. The greater the sin, the worse it is. These people, the Democrats, and we all know who that is, right? And so on, right? They have no idea. They're crazy people. They have no idea why. It's simple. You know, what is the wall supposed to stop? It's supposed to stop uh, criminals from getting through, terrorists, illegal immigrants. But one of the biggest things that has to stop is the drugs. The statistic is that 300 people die every year 
from, from the, and 90% of the drugs come through uh, the southern border, you see. And according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, 900 people die every day. So you can argue how many, but drug addiction kills every day, either 300, between three and 900 people daily. Wait a minute. If you could stop that, drugs from coming through, right? And you don't, you are Messiah Ritzicha. You are aiding or betting in some way. You are a cause, even far away, but you are a contributory cause to the death of American citizens. You, you realize what that is, to be the cause of somebody's death? Now, you can't stop them, fine. But wait a minute. The Democratic Party can stop it. Just give the guy what he wants. 5.7 billion? I mean, America spends that in what, an hour? I mean, what does that mean even? Obviously, it's not aimed at the budget. It's aimed at Trump. But they don't understand that they are causing the death, no matter how far away, as a contributory cause, of tens and tens of thousands of people. And it doesn't make a difference who they are. You are commanded because you're the government. You need to stop that. And a war would stop 90% of that. So all of this is on their heads, you see. And what's even worse is that there are many people in the United States that agree with the Democrats. So in a certain sense, right, they encourage the Democrats or the leaders of the Democratic Party to do this. So they are also contributory causes, which means that there's millions and millions of people in the United States, right, that contribute to the death of hundreds of thousands of people. You have any idea how dangerous that is for America to be responsible for that? That means that when the gavel comes down and God said, let's judge America, right? And all of a sudden, America, what, the, the government and millions of people are the contributory cause at no matter what distance of people dying. I'm not even talking about people get shot. You know, the guy in uh, Never in California got killed, and there was a guy in Tennessee, or wh whatever's going on. You're a Messiah You are aiding and abetting murder, death. No, why would anybody want to be connected? They don't understand. The only hope that they have to survive is that the gavel of God doesn't come down in judgment. That's their hope, you see. But that after it ever comes down, when the time God will look at America and say, what are they doing? I'm not even talking about partial birth abortions, which is another terrible thing. But at least the Supreme Court hopefully will maybe hopefully overturn that. I'm talking about the Democratic Party, you see. So they don't understand. If they really felt the war was no good, that's one thing. So then they're stupid. Most things, they're, 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 they're idiots, right? But to do it for political reasons, and this guy dies because you want to become politics? You think God is going to accept that as a reason? Of course not. You know, for their sake, they have no idea of what their end is going to be. Because it's one thing to sin. Okay, you know. It's another thing to be responsible as a contributory cause for death and murder. It's a whole different ball game, as they say. And they have no idea what that means when the hammer comes down, the hammer of justice. And they don't realize that. 
So I hope for their sake. And the problem is that they are endangering America because Americans are, many of them, incredibly so, are siding with these crazy Democrats, leaders, and we know who they are, right? I mentioned their name. You know the Democrats, you know, they got on TV to rebut Trump. Well, are they crazy? Are we talking about death and murder here? What are they talking about? Politics? You know, that's it. I just want to say, so what does that mean? Could that mean, right, that maybe it will infuriate, and we know what this is, it is the fight of Esau. Esau between, Esau between uh, the Tevshah of Esau, the good part of Esau, and the bad part of Esau. And I mentioned that before. That's really what we're seeing here. Maybe that means that in some way, maybe Trump will become so infuriated by their absolute nonsense that he will go after them with the DOJ. And Rod Rosenstein is also getting out. Thank God for that. Right? I mean, and, and whatever, the guy has caused so much bitterness and, and suffering and so on and so forth. So much damage and so on. But what that means is that, ultimately speaking, maybe, maybe he'll become so infuriated that he will empower the DOJ, the Department of Justice, to go after all the Democrats that have committed, there's so many of them that have committed felonies and, and no, nothing's happening. We don't know the end of this. But I, I view, like I say, all three as very interesting. You know, the fall of Iran, maybe the fall of Netanyahu, and the beginning of a government that will raise the spirituality and the ability of the Jews to repent, which would be incredible. And what's going to happen with America, maybe in some way it will signal the beginning of the end, in some ways, of the Democratic Party. Because the Democratic Party is going to destroy America, obviously. The liberals, what these people want to do, is beyond belief, you know, and so on, you know. Anyway, I wanted to just give you that observation uh, in terms of these three things seem to be going on, and I don't believe that they're normal things. I think that there's something in the works where something may happen to really begin a, uh, a messianic uh, initiative.